Hello and welcome back to the podcast I've decided to rename uh, as I have started the process of making a podcast. I realized that naming a podcast is similar to naming a baby. Um, not that I have ever had to name a baby, but I imagine it'd be like naming a podcast because you care about the name. You want the name to be good, to be fitting. Um, but also every time that you come up with a name that you really like, uh, you you end up um, you end up realizing that someone else already has the same name. So um, this podcast is yet is yet to be officially titled. Uh, the name or the the title of this podcast. However, I would like to begin a collection of talks titled "How Do You View Jesus?" How do you view Jesus? And to start this series, I want everyone listening to close their eyes wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Just close your eyes for a second. If you're driving, probably not the best idea. I wouldn't recommend it then. But just close your eyes, and take a deep breath. And now I want you to imagine Jesus. What does he look like? What are the features of his face? Does he have long hair or shirt curly hair? Does he have brown eyes, blue eyes? Now before you open your eyes, I want you to look to, to make one last observation of the Jesus in your mind. That observation is simply this, is he smiling? You can open your eyes. See, we all have an image of Jesus. When asked what he what we think he looks like, we have something that comes to mind. Disregarding facial features, though, such as hair, facial hair, eye color, and other things of that nature, some of us view Jesus in our mind as a very stern and serious man. Others of us view Jesus as a very joyous man, full of laughter, smiles, and sparkling eyes. But we all have an image of Jesus, and it's important to know what our image of Jesus is. And so that's what I want this uh, series of talks to be about. That's what I want this sermon series to be about. It's It's not how we view Jesus physically, but rather how we view Jesus emotionally and spiritually. Because what comes to mind when we think of Jesus is very, very important, as we're going to find out. What is Jesus's nature? Who is Jesus? What is his purpose for having been born a virgin, having lived a perfect life, having died the death of a criminal on the cross, and having resurrected three days later? Who is Jesus? And more importantly, how do you view him? Well, to start this series of talks off, uh, we're going to start in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. And if you are someone who likes to read along, uh, feel free to grab your Bible uh, to turn to Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through verse 41. But before we get into that, I want to catch you up on what has been happening leading up to this event that we're about to read. At this point in time, Jesus has began his life of ministry. Jesus has called his 12 disciples. Jesus has performed miracles. Jesus has been questioned by teachers of the law. Um, The teachers of the law were people who taught uh, the Old Testament. And so essentially the teachers of the law uh, or the Pharisees were the preachers of that day and age. So Jesus has been questioned by these people who are supposed to have all the answers. 
Jesus has also been followed by massive crowds and taught them all a lot of things. Now that we know that, let's jump into this passage, Mark 4, 35-41, and it says this. That day, when evening had come, he, Jesus, said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Hit pause for a second. Jesus is currently sitting and teaching at one side of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, The Sea of Galilee is essentially this gigantic lake, uh, in a sense. And so Jesus is saying, let's go to the other side, because on the other side is where Jesus is going to continue on in his life of ministry and teaching different people uh, different things and performing more miracles. Um, So Jesus says, let us go over to the other side. Picking back up, leaving the crowd behind, they, the disciples, took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall, or a big storm, came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, this is a very popular passage in the Bible for teachers and preachers to share with their congregation. Chances are, if you've gone to the church, to a church, any church, for probably six months, uh, even a year, that you have probably heard your teacher, preacher, teach uh, and share this passage. And I feel like, and this isn't true for every church, but I feel like oftentimes when we read this scripture uh, and people are talking about, we oftentimes condemn the disciples. We oftentimes are on the side of Jesus, like, Hey, come on, Jesus is in the boat. They should know that Jesus has got it all under control. I mean, Jesus has performed miracles, but they still don't seem to understand it. But I personally feel as if I am with the disciples in this one. Like, I, there, there's a lot to learn from this passage, and we're going to dive into it more and more. But I feel like we all relate to the disciples a whole lot more than we think we do. So if you don't mind, let me paint this picture for you. The disciples are in a boat, and it's not a nice motorized boat like we have today. Like, it's not even a big boat. Like, the boat probably only could fit 10 guys, but they crammed 13 on there anyways. This tiny boat that they're on is being swamped by the entirety of the Sea of Galilee. Waves are coming, the wind is blowing, the boat is not going to make it. The boat is going to sink. The rain is coming down. The boat is filling up with water. And the wind, again, is just blowing the boat left to right. And who knows? I mean, maybe some of the disciples are uh, have fallen out of the boat. Like, And while some of the disciples are trying to scoop as much water as they can out of the boat, some of the other disciples are trying to pull in some of the disciples that had fallen out of the boat. I mean, this storm was intense. This was not a calm 
circumstance whatsoever. Let me ask you, have you ever been in a situation where there is just no calm circumstances? I know you have. I have too. We have all been in seasons of life where there seems to be no calm at all. So I'll say it again. I'll be honest. I am with the disciples in this. The disciples approach Jesus, and I want you to notice two things. Notice what they ask Jesus, and notice how they address Jesus. The disciples approach Jesus and wake him up, that's important, asking him, Teacher, teacher, do you care that we are going to drown? Notice notice how confident they are that they're going to drown. Do you care that we are going to drown? We are going to drown. They've done everything they know how to. The disciples, they have done everything they know how to do. They've scooped up and shoveled out as much water out of the boat as they possibly can, but the boat just keeps filling up. Jesus is the only person left on the boat. It's the disciples and Jesus, and Jesus has been asleep. He's the only person left. He's the only one who hasn't given advice on the situation. He's the only one who hasn't helped scoop the water out of the situation, and they don't think that the one man could make a difference. And so they approach him, Jesus, now being their only hope, they turn to him, and instead of asking him for another miracle, which they know he can do, by the way, because he's done it before, they ask him this instead, Teacher, do you care? Teacher, do you care? So how do the disciples view Jesus? What does this teach us about how the disciples view Jesus? Jesus. Based off this text and what we've just read, how is it that the disciples view Jesus? Well, I think it's really important to remember what they called Jesus. The disciples approach him and they call him teacher. Teacher. The disciples view Jesus as their teacher. Now, this isn't a bad thing. But keep in mind, the disciples have viewed Jesus attract massive crowds. They have seen Jesus be questioned by the teachers of the law. And he, the disciples have witnessed Jesus perform miracles with their own eyes. And yet still, they only view Jesus as their teacher. And this is confirmed after Jesus calms the storm and the wind and the waves because the Bible tells us this. They, the disciples, were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. They don't know who Jesus is fully. They view Jesus as their teacher. They don't know that he is more, and that's something that they're about to learn. Something, too, I think is really important as we're learning about how Jesus responds to us um, and, and how he reacts to us is knowing that when Jesus calls them out and when he says to the disciples, do you still have no faith? He is not being, he's not angry. He's not being like, are you kidding me? Do you really still have no faith in me? Do you still not believe? 
in me and in the power that I have and in the miracles I can perform, that's not the approach that Jesus is coming at them with. When Jesus says, do you still have no faith? He's really asking them, do you still only see me as a teacher? Do you still only see me as a teacher? Well, the disciples learned two things. Two big major things that I think are two big takeaways for us today. Number one, the disciples asked Jesus, do you care that we are going to drown? And the disciples learn that Jesus cares. I'm not going to lie to you. This is a hard one for me sometimes. Sometimes the circumstances of my life can be some so can become so incredibly overwhelming that I lose sight of God's love and God's compassion for me. Life has a way of rattling the cage or of shaking the boat. Life has a way of forcing us into a battle mode, as I like to call it, where we are forced into the mindset of, I gotta get this done, I have to do this, I need to check off the to-do list, I've gotta get everything right, oh, I have to read my Bible, I have to pray, and and when we do that, our prayers typically end up coming out something like, uh, uh, oh, oh, God, thank you for today, uh, and uh, you're great, uh, I love you, amen. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? I know I have. It's a prayer that doesn't believe that God can change the circumstances that we're in. And the disciples were in battle mode as well. They were doing everything they knew how to do. They were doing everything right. They were scooping out the water that was sinking their boat. They were doing everything right. But... They forgot Jesus. Let me just say this. Jesus was still sleeping because the disciples hadn't tried to wake him up yet. It isn't until all hope is lost that the disciples turn to Jesus. And that's something that we all do. That's something we are all guilty of. We all sometimes wait until all hope is lost to turn to to Jesus. Let me just say this, Jesus cares. Jesus doesn't just want you to be a good person. Jesus doesn't just want you to do the right things. He wants to do the right things with you. He wants to be a part of you in the storm. He wants to be the one with the bucket right next to you, scooping it up out of the boat. And he wants to be the one pulling you back into the boat as you've fallen out. Jesus cares about you. Jesus cared about the disciples. Jesus wants to be a part of our every waking moment. Jesus wants a relationship with you. Jesus cares about the things that are currently sinking your USS life right now. Jesus cares. And I know, trust me, I've been there. I've been in situations where I scream at the sky and I say, God, do you hear me? Are you here? Do you care? Because I can't do this anymore. I can't keep up the fight. The boat is going to sink. There's no response, no sign, no miracle, no answer to prayer. And it just feels like God is not listening and like he does not care. Sometimes it really seems like God is just sleeping on 
the job. Well, let me tell you something right now. He is not. Jesus is not sleeping on the job right now. He is currently right at the right hand of God in heaven. And he is waiting, waiting for his moment to come back and to be with his people again. Jesus cares so much about you. Just because the enemy is trying to convince you right now otherwise, that does not mean you are no longer a child of the one true king. And just because the feeling is gone does not mean you are no longer the apple of God's eye. This is something that I notice a lot about relationships. Um, People tend to think that relationships are all about the feeling. It's all about how this person makes me feel. You ask someone, oh, how is your relationship with so-and-so going? Oh, they just make me feel so good. Oh, they just make me so happy. Oh, I I just like them so much, they just, they really lighten up my day. Well, what happens when a bad day rolls around? What happens when a storm rolls around and that person can't make you feel that way anymore? It's inevitable. You have to work through the storm. You have to push through the storm. You have to build in that relationship in those difficult moments, even when the feeling is gone. And our relationship with Jesus is exactly the same. When the feeling is gone, when there seems to be a lot of silence, when Jesus seems to be sleeping in the boat, we have to rely on what we know is what we know is true. And what we know is true is that Jesus loves us, that he cares about us. We have to really implement this into our mindset and into our daily lives. This is a way that we need to view Jesus. This is one of the most important things. One of the most important ways we can view Jesus is as our Lord and Savior who cares. Not just some guy that came and lived a perfect life and died on a cross and rose from the grave three days later. A guy who did that for you, for me. A guy who took on the punishment that we deserve. A guy who took beatings for us. Jesus cares. Jesus cares about you. We need to hold on to that hope. We need to hold on to that truth in times where it feels like we're drowning. That isn't the only thing the disciples learned. So number one, they learned that Jesus cares. Number two, the disciples learned that Jesus is so much more than a teacher. Like I said, let me repeat that. Jesus is so much more than a teacher. Jesus is so much more than a rule maker. Jesus is so much more than our savior even. Jesus is the king of kings. Jesus is the Lord of lords. Jesus is the creator of the stars and the skies, the ocean and the wind. Jesus is over it all. Jesus has authority over all. And we need to hold on to that too in times of extreme stress, frustration, anger, anxiety, and worry. If you think that Jesus could calm, if you don't think, rather, if you do not think that Jesus could calm the storm in your life, you don't know Jesus. If you think that all hope is lost, you don't know Jesus. Because Jesus cares so much. And Jesus has power over every single thing happening in your life right now. 
let me say it this way. Jesus is not in authority. Jesus is authority. Jesus cannot be impeached. Jesus cannot be assassinated. Jesus cannot be taken out of place. Jesus is King of kings, Lord of lords, today, yesterday, and forevermore. Jesus is the authority. And he cares for you, for me, for his children. This is so crazy. And this is kind of hard sometimes, I think, to wrap our head around. That the creator of everything could care so much about little old me. But he does. He cares about every little thing happening in your life right now. And right now, life is so uncertain. With the virus, with everything else going on, people losing jobs. It's so easy sometimes, I think, to forget that Jesus cares. And that he is in ultimate control. But we need to hold on to those two things. So let me ask you. I've been asking the question, how do the disciples view Jesus? And we learned that they viewed him as a teacher who did not care about them, but that they quickly learned that Jesus is more than a teacher who cares so much about them. Jesus calmed the storm for them, and he can do the same for us. So how do you view Jesus? It's incredibly important to view him correctly, to view him as he is in Scripture, and to know that he has authority over all, and that he cares for you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you are constant. Thank you so much that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Thank you that you are not just in authority, God, but that you are authority. And God, I just pray for the hearts and the minds of the people listening to this podcast right now. God, wherever they are, you know. You know where they are. You know the stress, the anxiety, the worry, the fear, the doubt that they all face. God, you know all the things that I face. And I'm so glad you do. Because you're the only one who knows how we can overcome it. You're the only one who knows how to calm the storm. You're the only one with the authority to do so. So God, I just ask in our lives... Whether or not you calm the storm in our lives, I just pray that you would keep our boat afloat. I just pray that you would keep us intact, that you would fill our hearts up with your love, your joy, your peace, and your patience. That we would just be willing to walk through every day with you, to wake you up and include you in the process of tending our boat, to tending our life. God, I just invite you into our lives. I invite you into this day, into this week, this night. I just ask that you would be with us, that you would help us, that you would restore us. God, you're so good. We love you so much. And it is in Jesus' holy name that I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening and tuning into this episode. This is episode one of the series, What Do You Think of Jesus? How do you view, how do you view Jesus? And we're going to carry this on. Hopefully, uh, the next episode will be up next week, um, right after Easter Sunday. I hope that you have a fantastic Easter. I hope that you are able to celebrate the fact that Jesus 
has defeated hell, death, and the grave, and that he is alive and well today, and that he cares for you. Uh, Love, peace, and I'll see you in the next one.